there's a there's a poem of Rumi, um, which is El Metaklidi Bovat Bahre Faruk Chun Biomad Moshiri Hosh Barfaruk uh, so what it means is that uh, the, the ordinary conventional knowledge is just for sale. And so when the customers come, everything, they warm up. But um, the, the knowledge of God or the knowledge of, of inner verification of realities, which Dr. Gomshi was going to be talking about, um, is of another kind. Uh, and its marketplace is always full of customers. Uh, so uh, well, your your mouth is closed and and uh, silently the 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 selling and the buying is going on. There are many customers there because God has purchased their wares. This is from the Quran. So this is the situation here. We have lots of customers. The huge stadium here. I can see thousands of people back there, and so we're very happy to have Dr. Gomshei here to um, talk to us again tonight, this evening, this afternoon as he did yesterday, so. Thank you very much. I agree with you that uh, one single lover is a whole nation, and a few number of lovers who have dedicated their hearts to God and to beauty, and to goodness, and to truth. Uh, they are more than millions of people who are just coming and going without even knowing who they are. Well, again, accept my salutations, my greetings. Also, the salutations of Nezaumi, who has already started to narrate a number of stories for you. And he is our Shahzad, and I think another Rimsi Korsakov is needed to compose a musical work in relation to Nizami as a Shahzad. You know, that famous Shahzad of Arabian Nights, he has really done a great job. And that is, again, a job of women, which is tale trappy, or you could say a story trappy. You know what did Shahzad do? And why Rimsi Korsakov has created such glorious piece of music about her? Because she has changed the king, a ferocious, cruel king, into a kind man through stories, by just telling stories. At the end of Arabian Nights, the king says, Oh, Shahzad, you completely changed me. You made me kind and generous and good. 
again. You healed my malady. So this is what Nizami does, and this is what uh, is the main job of storytelling in Persian literature, or I could say in the world literature, and even in, in sacred uh, scriptures also you find so many stories and these stories are just uh, uh, to engage your imagination and uh, then when you are engaged certain lights inspirations are given to you through the story even without understanding how it comes to your heart you suddenly feel that your heart is kindled through this story. There are actually stories which make you intoxicated for, for weeks and months and years. Um, some of these stories, the more you think about them, the more you enjoy. What lovely story. I remember um, in writings of Goethe, when he, was, he had an interview with uh, some journals and they asked him what was his most pleasurable experience in his whole life and you know Goethe was a man who had experienced all sorts of pleasures in the world he was a lover, he was a traveler he was a scientist, he was a great man a dramatist and a poet and he was beloved uh, he was loved by all people but he said that uh, the best pleasure and the most joy I have acquired from any experience is the experience of uh, reading the story of Shakuntala, an Indian story, an Indian story by a very great playwright called Kalidasa, uh, about uh, 1,500 years ago. And he has been inspired by uh, his way of presenting his plays. He has adopted certain uh, techniques of playwriting uh, from that great playwright. Kali Dasa is the name of the writer. Kali, yes, Kali. Uh, Kali is the name of a god. And Kali Dasa is actually a devotee of Kali. Kali Dasa. Like Abdullah, for example, uh, is the, uh, it's Indian, yes, it's Indian. Kalidasa. Of course, the book is in Sanskrit. Kalidasa. It has. It was first translated by Sir William Jones, the English scholar, and it is really wonderful. So, uh, the the play is called Shakuntala. Shakuntala is the name of a. Uh, Fair maid. So, I wanted to emphasize that these stories are uh, of the same quality as those of uh, Kalidasa. Uh, Kali, no, Kali, K. It is Kalidasa. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, if uh, uh, I will try to 
recite the Persian uh, poems more slowly so that you could have time to write it down. But if anything remains, you can ask later so that, yes. Now, welcome back to this gathering of Nezomi symposium, I could call it, uh, in this true sense of the word, which means getting together and drinking wine. We had an introduction to Nezomi yesterday, and I said that uh, he has altogether created five great poetic romance. Of course, the first one is not romance, but uh, is actually a, a didactic uh, piece, a didactic poetry, I mean, poem, a didactic. Mahzan al-Asrar, yes. And it, some people regard it his best work. And actually, when he started his romances, he says that a friend of mine came to my house and he was re very uh, rebuking. He was rebuking me and blaming me harshly why I am after writing such great work as Mahzan al-Asrar and about Tawheed, about unification of God and about uh, the secrets of mysticism. Uh, how is it that now I'm going to tell just the stories for children? And um, So uh, he says that a friend of mine came and said those things to me, but uh, though he was very bitter, I was quite sweet to him. And then I told him that, uh, don't worry, I'll, I started telling him what I have hidden behind the curtain of these stories. And I said, just a little bit of those very refined uh, inspirations and wisdom he has hidden behind this story. And then the person, uh, my friend, became quite silent. And I said, how is it that you are silent now? You don't praise me. He said, because I swallowed up my own tongue. It was so sweet. What you said was so sweet that I swallowed up my tongue. I swallowed up my own tongue. So... We said that uh, among these romances, one stands out as uh, probably the greatest of uh, romantic works of Nezomi, which is the seven portrait or the seven domes. And I said that uh, once Bahram Gur, a Sassanid king, happened to find a secret chamber, a secret room in his palace. But I forgot to say, to add, that this secret chamber is actually our own heart. If we have an appointment with ourselves, we will and have a journey through our own land through our own country, 
because man has been likened to a country, then we will come to many new palaces, new chambers, and in one of these chambers, which is most secret, you will find uh, beauty of God down deep in your heart. God has put his own picture in our heart. Otherwise, we, we couldn't go after him. We, all our judgments about beauty is because of that hidden picture. You know what uh, William Yeats said, says, am I right, William Yeats? William Butler, yes. Butler, yes. He says, if, uh, uh, of course, a lady is speaking in his poetry, in his poem, he says, if you see that I am making myself up, my face up, if I am changing a little bit the color of my eyes or a little bit of adding to my eyebrow or my cheek, don't blame me because I am looking for, for my eternal, yes, yes, before the world was created. So the most strange and the most wonderful of wonders of the world according to Nezomi, is our heart. Because it is colorless, but it judges about all colors. It says, well, this is no good color, this is, it does not in harmony with that one. And it makes judges about judgment about uh, forms. This is too long, this is too short, while the heart is neither short nor long. It doesn't know anything of these ideas, nothing of such conceptions of bigness and smallness and uh, round and straight and blue and red, while he makes, constantly he's making judgment about everything. So he says that uh, our heart is, uh, our heart, he doesn't mean uh, the mystical, in the mystical sense alone, but he also means our reason. Reason, uh, in, in the wider sense of the word, is the final judge, both in art, in morality, in religion. He is our guide to all these uh, blessings. So, Bahram actually meets with the beauties of his own heart, and then he finds them outside and he proposes to uh, those seven uh, ladies of seven climes and then marries them and uh, uh, every day of the week from Saturday till Friday he goes to one of these ladies during the day they, they speak and drink wine and have joys but at night, he asks the lady to tell him a story, because the stories are best to be told at night. So this is uh, at the heart of uh, the fourth uh, work of Nizami, which is Seven Portrait. But let me, before starting the, um, telling you the story of the first day, Saturday. Uh, let me tell you a little bit more about uh, this Haft Peikar, 
the seven portrait or the seven images or you could say sometimes seven domes one strange thing well, I mean very interesting thing uh, why because um, these palaces which were built for these seven ladies uh, each had a dome which uh, of the color of the day um, and of the color of the planet which governs that day according to uh, horoscopes and according to uh, traditional astronomy, astrology, I mean. So, again, this half pay care um, begins with praise of God. But the interesting thing about Nizami is that every time he praises God, this praise is related somehow to the story he is telling. For example, in Khosru Shirin or in Mahsan al-Asrar, in, in the Treasury of Secrets, since it is about secrets, he tells you some secrets of the attributes of God. And then in Khosru Shirin, since there is a wedding, then in the beginning you find words which is relating to wedding and having uh, a feast and uh, uh, merrymaking and revelry. And in Leilu Majnun, when there is no wedding and there is no consummation, there is no final uh, union between the two lovers, uh, he says it is, all, it is all remembrance. The one remembers the other and the other remembers the, uh, the lover, and the lover remembers the beloved. So he says, It is all nam. It is just a name. Um, as you read the other night, uh, it is only the, they have only the name in their hand, so they just uh, practice writing the name of their beloved. So, a yaditu. Yes, ای نام تو بهترین سراغاز بی نام تو نام کی کنم باز ای یاد تو مونس روانم Thy remembrance is the best friend of mine the best com- companion of mine ای یاد تو مونس روانم جز نام تو نیست بر زبانم So, uh, here again you see that uh, there is he, he always he is always after harmonies, as I said, after proportions, after relations. And in that sense, he is, uh, although he is considered to be a romantic poet, but uh, he is not a romantic poet in the sense European uh, s- critics use it. Because uh, romanticism mm, is differently defined uh, in the 18th and 19th century in Europe. But uh, great, first of all, great, great poets were neither romantics, uh, romantic nor classic, but they had a, an equilibrium of the two. They had the best qualifications, best uh, characteristics of the two uh, schools of thought. For example, Nezami, as far as he is, uh, he is immersed in imagination and he has always imaginative flights, he is considered a romantic 
but um, at the same time he follows reason and he says خرد شیخ و شیوخ رای تو بس از او پرس آنچه میخواهی نه از کس your reason is the best master if you want to ask a question you can ask your own reason you don't need any morshed any guru any uh, any خرد شیخ و شیوخ رای تو بس he is the master of masters شیخ و شیوخ خرد شیخ و شیوخ رای تو بس از او پرس آنچه میخواهی نه از کس Uh, oh yes, uh, this is Khosrow uh, Shirin. So, but uh, he he pays more attention to the permanent features of life. So he is a classic, but he is dynamic at the same time, and he is romantic. He is in full accord with traditions, so he is classic. He is wild, and beauty for him is related not only to symmetry, but also to wildness. Um, so he is a romantic. You see, every moment you can see him to, be, to have certain qualities of romanticism and some of classicism. It's almost similar to um, John Milton, who has also kept an equilibrium between classic, classical and romantical, romantic views or outlooks. Anyway, so in, in this exordium, in this praise, in half Pekar, since he is going to tell us seven stories, so he starts by uh, the traditional words we use when we want to tell a story for children. We say, Yeki bud, Yeki nabud, Qeyras khoda hich kas nabud. So he says, Ey jahan dide bud khishasto, hich budi nabud pishasto. See? So it's exactly, he has versified uh, the opening, the very beautiful and deep opening of storytelling in Persian culture. Yes, it means uh, the whole world has found uh, their existence from thee. And there was none but you in the beginning. So this is... بود خیش است و هیچ بودی نبود پیش است و در بدایت بدایت همه چیز You are the beginning of all beginnings در نهایت نهایت همه چیز And you are the end of all endings Because Nizami believes that anything which doesn't begin from God is rootless And anything which doesn't go towards God will lose its way and will go to no Uh, safe place so he is the beginning and he is the end so he says for example two friends uh, they would uh, continue to be friends if they are a traveler towards God if they are going to the end because God is the end this is from the Quran uh, so if they are not going towards the end then they would separate somewhere because the end is God so Uh, friendship happens only when two persons meet each other and they ask each other, where are you going? And the other says, well, I'm going to God. And the other one says, oh, I'm going the same way, so they would be friends. There is no other friendship in the world, true friendship. So his 
Well, I have to uh, try to find it in my own. Yes. So, anyway, he emphasizes on the end as God and on the beginning as God. And uh, then he continues some invocations which are most beautiful and he's, he talks to God and says, Oh, when I was young, I didn't go from your door to any other place. So that is why now you have sent all people to my door. You are so generous, so generously giving every moment a new treasure to me. While I don't, I had not desired it, I didn't pray for it, but you are doing it out of your own sweet will. من نمیخواستم تو میدادی چون به عهد جوانی از در تو به در کس نرفتم از بر تو همه را بر درم فرستادی You sent everybody to me من نمیخواستم تو میدادی Onezami in one of these stories actually emphasizes that if you desire something which is not allowed to you if you leave it and say okay God doesn't allow me and then he will give it back to you. Yes. Just leave it. And he, he will come to you himself or herself. So, uh, after the exordium, uh, the most uh, beautiful thing is the ascent of man again. Because in every f- five, uh, every f- uh, I mean, on, in each of the five works, you have one exordium, praise of God, and one uh, praising of Muhammad, and one mi'raj. Mi'raj actually means a ladder which takes you to heaven. And uh, it is a night journey uh, which is in Islamic mythology uh, has been interpreted by many a great philosophers like Ibn Sina, for example, what does that mean that Muhammad had uh, such and such horse with such qualifications and what happened to him and how he went to skies, whether his body was with him or not. So Nizami uh, not expressly but implicitly says that it was just a dream. It was a dream, but not uh, in, in the sense of a reverie. It is a true dream. It is more, more truth in it than real life. So uh, he has made a night journey from heaven, from earth to heaven, and from heaven to God, the throne of God. So first of all, in Haft Pekar, he says, how is it that he wanted to go this journey? Because this whole world couldn't contain him. If, if you are as small that to be contained by this world, then, then you, you have no desire for going out. He says that he, since uh, his crown was bigger than the whole world, so he wanted to go out of this limited uh, area of time and place. Chon nagonji dar jahan tajash, that is why he went that for that journey, because he couldn't be uh, encompassed 
by this whole world. And then when uh, he is, when Muhammad is rising and rising higher and higher in the skies, he first comes to the moon, and then goes to uh, Mercury, and then to Venus, and then to Mars, to the sun, and then to Mars. Every time Nizami um, has reference to these stars, because Muhammad has passed them all. But in Maxan al-Asrar speaks some secrets about these stars. And in Layli Majnun, these stars are uh, just um, accompanying the two lovers. And in, in Haft Peikar, in the seven domes, uh, since there are seven days and seven colors, then he is speaking of seven colors. He says, Muhammad gave a ver new verdancy, new freshness and greenness to the moon. And then uh, he, to every star, he just gave a gift to the stars. For example, redness, all his redness, which means wrath, wrath and anger, he gave to the Mars. He said, okay, this, I give it to you. When I come back, I'll get it back. But he didn't get it back anymore. This is because when you are rising, you have to be uh, lighter and lighter. And, and uh, anger and wrath is something very heavy, pulls you down. So in every heaven, he just uh, made himself lighter and lighter so that he could go higher and higher. So he uses the seven colors uh, when he is talking of Mi'raj. And then uh, he gives uh, some uh, gems of advice to his son, to his son who is called Muhammad. Again, in in Khosrow Shirin, in Shirin and Khosrow, he advises his son uh, when he is seven years old. And then when he is 14 years old, when he is composing Layli uh, Majnun, then he says, okay, at that time, um, it was okay for you to have no fruit because you were just uh, small and you are attributed to your father. But now that you are 14 years old, everybody expects you to have your own fruit. So Chun uh, Shi, one of the most beautiful poems of Nizami, which are um, actually many baits, many uh, lines of Nizami have become a household proverb. And uh, he has given so many uh, permanent quotations and inspiring quotations to Persian literature. One of them is Chon Shir Bechot Sepah Shekan Bosh. Chon Shir Bechot Sepah Shekan Bosh. Means be like a lion and depend on your own strength. Bechot Sepah Shekan Bosh. Means you can, you can conquer. Uh, you can fight against all armies. Sepah Shekan means you can break all armies through your own strength. Farzand Chesal Chishtan Bosh. Be the son of your own quality. If you say, who is your father? My father is my virtues. Be the son of your own merits and your own qualities. And... Uh, Another advice is that Anjaki Fasani Sagali as Yod Khodama Boshali. 
Every time you want to tell a story, don't forget God. See? So he believes that the essence of the story is a remembrance of God. Just like the essence of prayer and namaz is the, is the remembrance of God. When you are thinking of writing a story, don't, be, don't forget about God. And then uh, in Haft Pekar also he has very good uh, pieces of advice to his son. Uh, and I think that if these pieces of advice are collected, Nizami says, um, I just, uh, I don't, I give it to everybody and my son will take his own share. My son who is my, my liver or my heart will take his own share. Because when you, when you eat some food, you, you eat it for the whole body. And everybody, I mean every limb, every part will take his own share. So man, خود قسم جگر به دور صد باز من بر همه تن شوم غذا ساز خود قسم جگر به دور صد باز So uh, we can now come to the story. Uh, after these uh, uh, preamble or preliminary introductions, uh, one of the most beautiful ones is uh, a praise of poetry and discourse and, and words and a speech, uh, which is most beautiful. And he has a very good praise of his own uh, poetry as well as all great poets have done. But then he starts the story of Bahram, and then he comes to uh, the day of Saturday, when uh, he goes روز شنبه ز دیر شماسی خیمزد در سرای عباسی. One interesting thing about Nizami is that when he is narrating a story, of course you get the plot of the story, the atmosphere, the incidents, the characters, the personage, but what is sometimes even more important than the story itself is the texture of the story. In every line, he has put some wisdom, some artistry, as I said. So he doesn't uh, just uh, speak in an informative way of saying, oh, there was a king, he went out. He, in every line, he says in, in a very poetic way and filled with imaginative uh, pictures, I mean, full of images. روز شنبه ز دیر شماسی خیمزد در سرای عباسی. He went to the house of Abbasids because Abbasid, uh, the caliphs, uh, used to wear black. Used to wear black. And actually they claimed to be mourning for Imam Hussein. Um, so he, it, this was their slogan that we are... Uh, just going to revenge the blood of Imam Hussein, who was the grandson of Muhammad. So he goes to that uh, dome, to that castle of uh, 
black dome and there everything was black in harmony with, with the lady. And if you look at uh, the miniatures painted by Iranian painters, you see that there are a variety of colors, but what you see is black. See, all, uh, the all-over imp impression it gives you is that it is black, and you will see that this is the, the black, while he has used almost all other colors, and he has given uh, so much life to his painting through other lively colors. But um, it is quite clear that uh, black is predominant. So, they had they enjoyed the, in the companion of each other, and then they played, and then they talked. And then he asked the lady to tell him their story. The lady, uh, out of shame, he couldn't look up. So he, had, uh, he was looking the earth and telling their story, and told such a story, Gofta as sharm dar zemin midid, he was he told the story that no one has ever heard of no one has ever seen such wonderful story that he said that uh, we had a relative who was a lady a very pious lady a very kind lady who happened to come to us and one day he came and he was all in black and we asked what was the cause of this morning dress, uh, anything happened? He said, no, I, I even myself uh, don't know. But since my king, uh, to whom I am a devotee, has, is wearing, uh, since he has come back uh, from a long uh, absence, uh, he is wearing black. That's why I'm wearing black. And then they asked the lady, so how is it that the king is wearing black. He said that I asked him and I implored so that he could share uh, the secret with me. And then so since he was, he loved me very much and he could trust me, he told me his story. Of course, Nizami in detail uh, gives you the qualifications and characteristics of the king, that he was a king who, uh, who was uh, hospitable and he was a fund of guests. He was a lover of guests, like the flowers of the garden, because the flowers, everyone comes in, they laugh. So he was like a flower, a fund of any uh, guest coming into the garden. And so uh, the king told him, told her, that uh, I was very fond of strangers and I wanted to give service to all passerbys, uh, passersby. And um, one day, uh, a man, a stranger from another country, happened to come to the party. Every day he had a party and giving food to people who passed by. And uh, he invited anybody, and the, uh, his guest house was open to all. 
So he says that روزی آمد قریبی از سر راه سر و دستار و جامعه هر سه سیاه One day a strange man came and his all clad in, in darkness His turban was dark, his dress was dark, his shoes was dark, his scarf was dark. So we asked him, what has happened to you, my dear? Because uh, the king had the habit of asking about people, what has happened to you? Could we help you? Um, he started shedding tears and said, well, I'm sorry, I can't tell you. And then the more we insisted, uh, he denied کردمش لابه های پنهانی من عراقی او خراسانی I prayed more and more but he was from خراسان and I was from عراق we couldn't understand each other من عراقی او خراسانی so uh, finally I asked him okay tell us to which country you belong from which city you are coming he said well there is a city in China which is called the city of the intoxicated, of the bewildered people, of the uh, perplexed people, of the crazy people. And anyone who goes to this city and drink the wine of the secret of the city, then he would wear black. Uh, so he said this and went away. So the king said, I... I couldn't uh, remain patient. I was all impatience to know the secret and uh, of this city. So I, with uh, a friend of mine, with a vizier, for example, and uh, much uh, gold and jewels, I started uh, traveling towards that city. And finally we found the city, and we entered the city, everybody, as he had said, was wearing black and uh, from anyone we asked what has happened he would just shed tears and say well I can't tell you so finally they became friend with a butcher and they the king gives him every time he buys some meat he gives him some gems and some uh, coins gold coins and so many gifts and but one day the butcher brings all these gifts back and says oh I'm so ashamed that you have given me so many gifts. I don't know what can I do for you. What do you ask from me? What service I can give for, these, for all these generous gifts? Um, if I can't do anything for you, I have brought this back. So the king said, uh, okay, we want just to know the secret of this city, of this uh, wearing black dress all the time, and, um, and this crying and sighing, everybody is sighing here, and uh, so he said, okay, you can follow me, uh, and he took me to outside the, the city to some ruined place, and then there was a big, huge basket with a cover. He said, okay, go into this basket and you will know. And I, when I went into the basket and he put the cover on, Suddenly, I saw that the, the basket had wings and started going up into the sky. And when I put my head out, I saw that ooh, the earth was just a, a ball uh, below me, and I couldn't know what to, what to do because the, uh, the basket had no 
connection with anything safe. So at this time I saw a bird was passing by, a very huge bird was passing by. So I jumped and uh, just took his, uh, uh, the, the legs of the bird. And then after a time, after a few days, uh, when it was flying, it just descended gradually and landed on a mysterious, joyous land. It is really a description of paradise lost, you will see. It is a land where everything is beautiful. Whatever you see is what you like. Whatever you like is what you see. You see, so uh, there is no desire which is not fulfilled. So he just sees a, a great palace and goes towards the palace. After a time, he saw that beautiful fair maid are, are coming from each door. And then they hugged him and then they greeted him and said, well, what do you want? We are all at your service. So he was so amazed. And then in the evening, uh, towards, I mean, uh, towards the end of the day, uh, a lady came out who was the king of all, I mean, the queen of all these fair maids. And he was the, the, the queen of the fairies, probably. And it, he was so beautiful that uh, like a moon before whom all others were just stars. So he also smiled. I thought that, well, okay, this one couldn't pay any attention to me. But he also smiled at me very warmly and very kindly. And then he came and hugged me and said, well, how love you, lovely of you to how lovely of you to come. And then uh, they put me on a very beautiful uh, throne and then they brought me whatever I could wish and more than I could wish and days after days I was in that paradise and the flowers were so and so the sky was so and so you see Nezami had given you some uh, very marvelous pictures of, of that paradise. So, but uh, he felt, uh, the, the king says that I felt that uh, it is true that I have everything here, but the lady has asked me, the lady, I mean, the queen, asked me, uh, Although he hugged me, he kissed me, but he said, "Goft em rang Don't proceed any longer, any any further. Uh, just be content with this kissing and hugging, and you can associate with all other beautiful um, maids in in my palace. But uh, you should be patient with me. I I'm yours." I'm yours, but you should be patient with me. And, uh, but every day I became more and more impatient. Until one day I, was, uh, I lost all patience, and then I said, well, okay, I, I want to have you with me, for me, and you have to be my companion, and I have to associate with you. So she said, okay, 
just uh, close your eyes for one moment so that I would undress because I don't want to do it uh, before your eyes so that you could undress and then uh, you open your eyes again so man it was such a sweet pretext uh, that I accepted it and then I closed my eyes and then after a few moments said now okay you can open your eyes when I opened my eyes I was in the same basket so now I found it was nothing of that paradise of that lady of that queen and, and that mysterious joyous land so I just uh, put my head out of the basket and so it was the ruined place and uh, the butcher standing there uh, and he, he smiled and said now I couldn't tell you that is why nobody tells you because if anyone tells you you wouldn't accept so that is why uh, all the people in this city have, have, have had the same experience you know there is a verse in the Quran that Khulqal insana ajula that man has been created very impatient and uh, a hasty being uh, man is. So uh, this is actually uh, the story of man. All the stories of Nizami is the story, is the, um, the, the main story. The main story is the story of man and God. If any story is not the relationship between man and God, um, it is not a true story. It's not a good story. It has to show some particular aspect of that story. So Nezami wants to say that uh, we have lost our paradise. And anyone who remembers, those who don't remember, they are just happy and they, are, they don't know where they have been. They think that they have ever been in this place, in this ruined place. This ruin is this world. And uh, the other world is, uh, is the actual city, the actual uh, paradise. So uh, people are, have made themselves content, uh, sorry, content to live in this ruined place because they have completely forgotten about uh, that uh, paradise. So the best thing to do is to is remembrance. That is why remembrance is the most important thing. Music is uh, is a means to remember. Painting is a means to remember. In in one of these Indian stories, uh, actually, uh, there is a king. There is a king who uh, despises women, and he has expelled all women out of the city he, he, he couldn't love women at all but a painter comes to the city and says what has happened he says well the king doesn't m like women and he is not going to get married and if we lose him we don't know what would happen to our country so the painter the artist said that I will cure him out of his uh, misogyny and then they said, well, what can you do? You just want to show him some picture of women. We have shown him the, the women themselves. And he has not uh, accepted, he rejects. And if you show him any painting of any woman, it is not allowed. You will, 
your head would be cut off if you show him any picture of any woman. He said, okay, I won't show him any, any woman. Uh, just some scenes of uh, landscapes and birds and gazelle and things like that. So they take him to the king and the king says, uh, uh, what do you want? He says, well, I want to show you my, my album, my collected works of painting. He said, have they told you that there shouldn't be one single piece of a woman in your paintings? He said, yes. Uh, have they told you that you will, your head would be cut off if anything of that kind is found? He said, yes, I know that. So he gave the uh, album to the king. And then when he was just paging through these paintings, suddenly he cries, shouts, and falls uh, fainted, unconscious because he sees the picture of a lady. This is the remembrance. He reminds him of something uh, which he has forgotten completely about. That is the picture of God. Uh, this last story is an Indian story again, yes. No, not Nizami, yes. Because uh, he, he was sure, the painter, uh, the painter was sure that if he looks at this picture, he would fall in love with that. So the king asked the paint, for the painter to come in. And he said, if I give you my, my crown and my throne and all my kingdom, it is not worth that one single look I had at that picture. Who is that lady? Who is that lady? He said, this is a lady living six months away from here in a jungle. Then he goes to that uh, jungle. So there are many Indian, this is also an Indian story Nizami is narrating. Uh, there are so many stories uh, in, in, I mean, uh, this story of the black, uh, yes, this was by Nizami, but the other one is not known. I don't know the author. But this is an old Sanskrit story, an old Sanskrit story. He goes to the jungle, and then he, although he is a king, he sees that there are so many uh, men proposing to the lady, and there are certain uh, very difficult conditions to be fulfilled. And uh, that is, uh, you have to ask the lady something he can't answer, she can't answer. And this, is, this means that she is God. You can't put any question to her because she immediately answered the question and she allowed every proposer to have 20 questions. And then the 21st, uh, if, he, if she answered, then uh, she was, I mean, the proposer, the king was the loser. But uh, the king happens to get uh, from some oracle within he gets uh, some guidance. And then uh, when the, the 21st day, he says, uh, she says, now you can pose your last question. And the king says, well, um, I am in love with a lady. I'm a king, and I'm in love with a lady. And the lady has uh, asked me, has put a very difficult condition that I should ask him a question uh, he cannot that she cannot answer. Could you please tell me what question I can pose to her? <laughs> so uh, 
uh, he was the winner, the king. He was the winner. And then later, he came to know that uh, that painter was sent by the lady. See? And that the prophets are actually come with the picture of God so that remind people that there is such a lady in the world. And uh, so if you love her, then you will love all. And then his misogyny is also cured. So remembrance is at the heart of all art, at the heart of all poetry, the poetry of zikr rather than the poetry of lahv. Lahv means forgetting. The poetry of forgetting, the poetry of remembering, of remembrance. You can divide. Good art is the one that reminds you of uh, your paradise lost. Laugh uh, actually means uh, forgetting. So I wonder if... Uh, no, uh, we don't have any more time to tell you another story of the uh, yellow dome, but uh, let me add something uh, that uh, I told you that the texture, in the texture of these uh, stories, there is so much to learn. There is so much philosophy, there is so much mysticism, there is so much uh, morality. Uh, I'll just give you some examples. There's so much references to mythology, stories, history. For example, there is one uh, reference to the story of Atsiya Adam be Masihi Resat means the sneeze of Adam will come to Jesus. What does that mean? There is a reference to the story that once when Adam was in paradise, he happened to sneeze. And then the archangel Gabriel was present there. So he just snatched the sneeze and put it in a box. And when he went to Jesus, to, to Mary, so he breathed that sneeze. So Nezami says, this is the sneeze of Adam. He wants to say that this is the same breath of God that was in Adam, now coming to, uh, to Mary. It is the breath of God. This is in Hafeikar. This is really a uh, a gem of wisdom that he says that you know that if anything is really bad if anything is really bad anything that comes from that bad uh, principle would be bad so for example if if to tell a lie is no good so nothing good can can come out of it how can you think that you can get some blessings, some bounties, some good thing out of telling a lie, while you know that it is no good. So he says that from good comes good things, and from bad comes bad things. So have you not studied in philosophy that that the principle doesn't make a mistake, that whatever essence, for example, out of sorrow, doesn't come happiness. Out of sorrow comes despair. 
comes violence, comes cruelty. See, so that is why they say, "Make me happy, make me good," because when you are happy, happy happiness has something to do with goodness, goodness with hope, hope with generosity, generosity. All the virtues are related to each other because they are of the same essence. So he says that when the essence of something is no good, so you cannot expect to get any blessing out of it. And how is it that millions of people are expecting to get something good out of something bad? That is why they say, foul is fair, fair is foul, as Shakespeare says in the words of those wizards, weird sisters. Because they are weird sisters, they are devilish. Uh, If they were not devils, they would say, fair is fair, foul is foul. Out of fair comes fair, and out of foul comes foul. So you cannot depend on foul action and then get out, uh, happiness out of it. So there are so many. One, in one place he says, Nikobad as chun ayat. He is blaming those astrologers who um, just uh, deceive people by horoscopes and say, well, this, uh, this star has such and such properties and it is ruling over your life. He says... Uh, no goodness nor badness comes from the star because the star are free from that. They cannot do anything about themselves. So um, if uh, the stars uh, would uh, have such uh, blissful influence on the life of people, so the great kings should be the son of the astrologer while many of the astrologers were poor people. Actually, an astrologer had been hanged up a tree, so he was being hanged, of course, and somebody passed by and said, well, in your horoscopes, had you seen such uh, happening in your destiny? He said, well, I had seen some lofty place, but I didn't know that it was the... the Yes, I had seen a lofty place for myself, but but the lofty place was on the uh, top of the tree and being hanged. Okay, so if there are any questions, uh, um, the next uh, two sessions we are going to have, I can uh, make uh, the other six stories more, I mean, give a brief, account, a more brief account of uh, those six stories so that to cover them all. Contemplation on the essence of God is is complete error, but speaking about his qualities is part of thinking about his his the good things in creation is is, is a condition of the spiritual path. And the women have been compared from in the interpretation I'm hearing. Those beautiful maids that the man could associate with with no harm were have been compared to the divine qualities that you can contemplate. Yes. Have anything to do with it. So, what, have you heard that? Is this a 
well, this is a very good interpretation and very true indeed. Uh, but uh, Nizami believes that even the, the essence is accessible to man, but through waiting. You have to pass through certain uh, stages and stations before you can, you can to wait, you have to wait. You have to have the experience of all bounties of God before you can approach the essence. Muhammad, uh, in, in this Mi'raj, the ascent of Muhammad, Nizami says, Chun hijab hizar nur darid, when he tore to pieces the veil of, uh, of a thousand light, because there are two sorts of veils, the veils of darkness and the veils of light. Even light could be, could be a veil for God. So he, God is behind the veil of light. So he says, when hijab uh, hizar nur, a thousand veils he tore to pieces, uh, he removed, and then he came to the veilless, apparent light. The light which had no veil. And then he saw his beloved, his God, uh, in the true sense of the word. And then he washed his eyes from whatever he had seen before. So Nizami believes that uh, we, as a vicegerent of God, have every right to be with him, but stage by stage we have to go up. Even if you don't fall in love in this earth with a lady or with a man, then you can't uh, proceed your uh, further. You can't immediately enter uh, the journey for searching God in the skies. You have to start from the earth. And that is why even Rumi and Hafez and all of them, they say, if, if you don't enjoy the beauties here, uh, you, they wouldn't give you the paradise. And I remember that once in a lecture of mine, which was broadcast from uh, television, I said that if a person goes to the next world and says, okay, give me from these fair maids and take me to paradise, and then they would look at him and say, well, you don't look like uh, loving these things. You, you were cruel to those fair ladies uh, when you were over in, in, the, in, the, in the world. So uh, you have not proved your capability, your, I mean, your qualification for enjoying more. So uh, here we have to sign, or you could say you have to, uh, to order, if we speak in the uh, transactions or in the merchant's terminology, you have to order that I love this and this and this, and then according to this list, they would give you in the next world. So if you tell a lie, they don't say, okay, you didn't love, you didn't love, you see. You have done so many things. So it means that you love ugliness. So it, this is the place for ugliness, which is called hell. You, you, they would send you there. 
But if you, if you can prove that whatever I have chosen in this world, these are the samples. Because all the pleasures are the, of this world are just samples to decide what you want. So when you decided what you really enjoy in this world and what you want, then accordingly they would give you in the next world. So you cannot enjoy the fruits of paradise if here you have not made love with a beautiful maid. Or Sadi says, No, I just remember. They wouldn't let him enter the paradise. Uh, the person who person who has no, no love for uh, beauty in this world, so they wouldn't let him enter paradise. Hur means the uh, angels of paradise and the fair maids of paradise. I mean, this is what the Sufi is called the religion of love. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so those of us who have love with me in this world suffer from it, then we will be recompensed and the other ones are Surely. Lots of people love. Not the best of yeah. the Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes. Suffering is actually is not appreciated uh, as a suffering. But when you have to suffer as a duty, you have to suffer for love. That is the suffering which is appreciated. For example, you want to learn to play guitar. You have to, to bear the sufferings, you see. You, you have to sit somewhere and put your hand here, your fingers here, and for hours and hours... You listen to harsh sounds. <laughs> so everything, you have to pass through certain sufferings. But this is not... Uh, in some Christians, they believe that suffering of any kind is good. And they have to suffer for no reason. You see, it is, it is not right. You have to suffer for on, the, on the road to love. Yes. That's true, you know. Let me. Can I write a See, once I said that uh, if this is the eternal being, which is uh, often showed in the circular form, actually it is Saint Augustine who says that God is like a circle whose center is everywhere and circumference nowhere. So this absolute being, since he could see his own beauty, first of all, being is beautiful. And beauty is nothing but existence. The very essence of being is beautiful. So since being is beautiful and he can see himself, 
and his own beauty. So the first love happens to be created that he falls in love with himself. So this is the lover and this is the beloved. Of course, it is not divided. We just do it to, for explanation. Uh, this whole being is a lover. Of this whole being is the beloved. So out of this lover comes man. And out of this beloved comes woman. Of course, there is a woman in every man. And there is a man in every woman. From the point of being a, a lover, you are a man. If you are a lover, you are a man. If you are a beloved, then you are a woman. Woman uh, is the manifestation of belovedness of God. And man is the manifestation of God being in love. So that is why women have a very great role in the quest of man for God because they remind the lover through their beauty. Every beautiful woman, first of all, beautiful things as well, but beautiful things are only good to be dedicated to a woman. Nezami says, um, and Rumi also says, that um, if you love something which is dead, you love it for some, someone who is alive. Okay. It is because of the love of one who is alive. So women, uh, again, are remembrance. So that is why quest starts with women most of the time. And mysticism is a feminine uh, phenomena, phenomenon. Uh, and most, I mean, great mystics, they have confessed that uh, a woman, a lady, has had the greatest influence in their life. And a man, when he is refined and he approaches the woman within himself, then he loves a woman. He can love a woman. Otherwise, he cannot love a woman. So art, mysticism... Uh, philosophy is something manly. Did you say that again? Science. When a man is... Um, is um, art and mysticism refined, and religion, man. they are feminine uh, things. That is why religion comes from ladies, from mother. Because it comes from the heart. Of course, ladies can study and be a scientist. Then that is the man in them who is reasoning, who is conscious. A woman is, I mean, that feminine essence, that feminine essence is, belongs to the heart, doesn't belong to argument, to any reasoning. That is why most women, uh, they don't, it is no good to argue with them. <laughs> I, I wonder why men often argue with women. They shouldn't argue because they should just win their heart should win their hearts and then they can uh, get what they want so uh, you are right that uh, in, in, in quest the first step 
is to fall in love with a woman who can win your heart and then set you on the road. Thank you everyone. I'd like to thank everyone for coming. We'll see you all.